and welcome to another episode of Gamerheads. My name is Roger, aka Rogue Leader seventy six, and with me are my co-host Mike, aka Pezman Mike, and my other co-host Christian, aka Fulgan. Unfortunately, Blue is not feeling well, so she wasn't able to join us. Actually, she lost her voice, I think. So, oh, no. yeah, Mike suggested Just that like, she. Uh... You know what? Oh, it's probably because of that game that she was talking about. And not in an unfair uh, light. <laughs> yes, exactly. Where the character lost their voice, and now yeah, yeah, Greece, uh, Greece. Yeah, where now they they have cursed her <gasps> to lose her voice. You're right. Now maybe she can connect with that game. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh jeez. Mike, you suggested that she get a spell. What is that? Uh, a speaking spell. Speaking she could spell. Yeah, type yeah. in whatever she wants, and then Robo Voice will <laughs> let us all know what's going on. Yeah, but that robo voice actually that was really well done for its time because like it like kind of talking to kids like a robo voice that was really amazing. Yeah, you know what the funny thing is like during so during uh you know during our show last week uh and the controller thrower show uh Kurt his assignment for his retrospective was Gauntlet. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. the voice in Gauntlet that goes like your life force is running out or you know things like that. Yeah. That was the speak and spell chip with just a what? slight modification. Yeah. Wow. So That's the crazy. more you know with the star flying. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Mike, congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate 100 it. Hundred episodes. That's awesome. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. excited. So before we get into everything, I just got to know uh, what was your favorite moment so far, looking over the past hundred episodes. Uh. The first time that a person by the name of Gamerheads Podcast showed up in our chat. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, seriously. What was your favorite moment so far? Um, the, you know, there were a few. The, you know what? Okay, I'm going to say our favorite moment was when we interviewed uh, Brian C- uh, Cullen, who's mm. the uh, creator of Rampage. Yeah. Yeah, so that was our favorite when we got to chat with him. It was, that was like, that was a real uh, exciting, geeky moment for me. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. And do you think, like, I don't know, I guess this is always how I, I kind of feel uh, when I do gamer heads. Like, do you ever imagine you're like, wow, I cannot, I can, I never imagined I'd be able to, to interview such cool people or to do such cool things. Like, do you ever feel that? Like, I always feel that all yeah. the time. I feel really blessed that I, and, uh, yeah, like it's it's just such an awesome feeling. So yeah, yeah. just like sitting back and reflecting on yeah. yeah on everything that that happened as a result of just the podcast. Absolutely, yeah, yeah it was, it's it's pretty pretty humbling. Yeah, it is. So cool. Well, congratulations again, Mike. Thank you. And uh, and listeners, you can find uh, the controller throwers right here on the gamerheadspodcast.com, part of the gamerheads network. So woo. Uh, cool. Well, we have uh, quite a bit to cover today. We have a review of The King's Lost Lullaby. Uh, so Christian's played that. And then we also have a review of Super Blood Hockey. Mike played that, so we'll be talking about those. We also have our uh, gaming news. We'll be talking about Fortnite's Avengers Endgame event. And also about the crunch time at Nether uh, Realm Studio. We'll get into that. And then our hot topic actually revolves around the eShop and is, uh, well, is there shovelware in the eShop, uh, Nintendo's eShop? Well, I mean, I guess we can discuss whether or not we agree with that. And then how, how if so, like, how is that going to affect Nintendo and uh, 
and consumers as well. So we'll, we'll talk about that. But before we get into all that, I do have an icebreaker. So because this actually came from Mike. Mike, yeah, why don't you I, go ahead and take it? So as we all know, um, by the way, before we get into this, no spoilers will be uttered no. at all about nope. Avengers Endgame. Nope. So just throwing that out. Yeah, because uh, none of us have seen it yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so with, uh, with Avengers Endgame releasing and the culmination of 10 years of Marvel movies, uh, we wanted to ask, what is your favorite Marvel game? Ooh. Yeah, there was a lot. I had to, th- I had to do a lot of thinking. Um, yeah, why don't so you start us off, Mike? Sure. So obviously, you know, Spider-Man on PS4 is huge. Everyone's talking about that. And actually I just watched, uh, rewatched, uh, Spider-Verse, um, oh, last Ooh. night. And yeah. the scene where they're uh, where they go in the shed and they see Peter Parker's laboratory and has all the spider suits. <laughs> yeah. The the PS4 suit is one of those suits. Yeah, isn't it? I awesome? didn't I didn't realize that. I'm like, oh, that's, that's it. I recognize that. Um, yeah. So that's crazy. But so I'm gonna I'm gonna just quickly fire off just a, just a few of my favorites because I have so so many of them. Um. So uh, let's see, let's see. Okay, so another one uh another one i'm just starting um x-men <laughs> x-men origins wolverine for the xbox 360 oh good pick that is a surprisingly good game so i really love that game much better uh, than the movie yes much better than the movie indeed <laughs> <laughs> um kept there's a captain america game for the 360 also that was pretty good oh uh, yeah I, it, and it's really short too i was able to blast through it in a weekend so I rented it, so it was okay. I didn't spend any actually money on it. Um, but I will, of course, Marvel vs. Capcom. But I will say my favorite um, Marvel game of all time is X-Men the Arcade Game. Oh, the, yeah. The six, yeah, the six-player cabinet, you know, uh, having, you know, getting all the, you know, strangers all just all gathering up at this one cabinet to take out Magneto. The double screens the all you know the the animation um and, and the the terrible translation from japanese to english yes it, it, it's all it's just a thing of beauty man welcome to die <laughs> <laughs> exactly classic die so, alabama um <laughs> there is a hell hell michigan so there is there is absolutely um i can't think i think that's it i think that's all i got for now Nice. What about you, Christian? Um, this one it, it wasn't very hard for me to pick because a lot of the Marvel games I played weren't good. Like, uh, I've played Rise of the Imperfects a lot, which was a fighting game that wasn't very good that had a bunch of Marvel characters and X Men characters. Uh, I played the Thor game on the 360 that was very not good. Uh, uh, what else? Iron Man two and one. There are video games for those. I think those weren't very good. But uh, I think my favorite by default would have to be Spider-Man, but not the one on PS4, the one that released in 2000 on the PC, N64, PlayStation, and Dreamcast. That was a good game. That was a good game. Yeah, I've got a lot of nostalgia wrapped up in that one. And so I would say Spider-Man on PS4 is probably definitely the better video game, but I've got a lot of soft spots for that original Spider-Man 2000 Activision published game. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's very comic booky. So it was, it was published by Activision, but wasn't it created by NeverSoft, right? I think, right? Yeah, yeah, it was yes. NeverSoft because then they yeah. put Spider-Man in uh, Tony Hawk Two. Yeah, yeah, yes, awesome. they did. That was the I think that was one of my favorite boss battles at the end because that was the one where spoilers, mm-hmm. by the way, for a twenty-year-old game. Um, <laughs> that's where where the symbiote 
attaches to Doc Ock, right? Yeah. And you, and you have to, and he chases you through the building or so. Oh man, that was yeah, that was mm-hmm. memorable for me too. That was, that's a good game, a good pick. That was a good game. That was a really good game. Uh, for myself, I mean, I have a lot of games that I really liked too. I mean, I really, 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 really love the new Spider-Man game on the PlayStation Four, mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, I really, really liked Spider-Man. I mean, not liked. I still like Spider-Man Two. Uh, mm-hmm. Loved Spider-Man Two. I love Spider-Man Two because uh, Joe's Pizza. You could deliver pizzas. How fun was that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the and then Italian and... pizza song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and when I was in New York, I went to Joe's Pizza, which is awesome. Oh, nice. And uh, but I would say my favorite game is the original uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Oh, I put right. so many one. hours into that game, and we tried to unlock all the different stuff and all the different suits and stuff like that. That game was so good. It's like Marvel Diablo. Yeah, it is Marvel <laughs> Diablo. It was really, uh, oh my gosh. My wife and I played that game so much. Uh, we have the second one, the first and second one. We rebought them on the Wii. I haven't played them. Um, but I'm super excited about the one that's coming out on the Switch. So, Yeah. It's good. July. Yeah. yeah. Is, that, that, is that a day off work game? It should be. I might okay. have to. Yeah. Let me know if you do. Let me know if you do. I'll take the day off too, and we'll we'll grind. Ooh. Okay. All right. That'd be awesome. Oh, can you play? You can play online, right? Yeah. <gasps> day off work game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to go through um, uh, Esquire because when I think of video games, I think of Esquire. Let- they-, <laughs> <laughs> they 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 rank their top uh, ten best Marvel games of all time. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna quickly go through these and see if you guys agree with this. So, number ten was the Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction from 2005. Great one. I have that. Uh, I haven't played it. I haven't played it either. Uh, you do have it? Is that what you said, Mike? Yeah, no. I do. But you never played it. Never played it. Backlog <laughs> blues. Backlog blues. That's right. Uh, number nine is Lego Marvel Superheroes. Okay, that's a good one. That was a good one. Uh, number eight is X Men 1993. That was on the Sega oh. Genesis. Interesting. Oh yeah, that, yeah. Where you have to reset the system to fight Mojo, or was that the second? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, no. Mojo is sure. the second one. You, I, there's a point where it doesn't even tell you you have to actually reset your Genesis in order to move forward. Oh, oh wow. Weird. Yeah. That is weird. Number seven is Spider-Man Two. Of weird. course. Mm-hmm. Number six is Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom Three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Number five is Spider-Man Two Thousand uh, from the year Two Thousand. I should say. Yeah. Uh, number four is Ultimate Alliance. Mm-hmm. Number three is Marvel Spider-Man, the one that came out on PS4. Mm-hmm. Number two is Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Yeah. Uh, and number one is the X-Men uh, 1992, the Cabinet game. So. Wow. Hey. Yeah. So It's a lot of overlap. Yeah. Yeah. So, cool. Nobody, uh, said, nobody said Silver Surfer for the NES? Oh, oh God. God. No. <laughs> uh you know, another one that I really did kind of enjoy was the Avengers on the Genesis. That was a good one. Oh, the Punisher too. The Punisher on the Genesis. <gasps> is really no, good. the Punisher on the Xbox and PS2. Oh wow! Oh, I completely I forgot about that. I'm changing my answer again. <laughs> <laughs> no, that no. If you seriously, if you have an opportunity, oh boy, I gotta go look for that game now. If you have an opportunity to to pick up that game and play it, it is one of the best Marvel games. Really? Not just Marvel games. It is just an awesome game in general. Like the interrogations that you do in it is is so are so cool, and it's it really is. It encapsulates everything about the Punisher. Wow. Like, yeah, it's like, and it's really really graphic. It wow. definitely earns it earns its M rating. 
Wow. I yeah, I forgot. That's a great game. Oh, I'll have to, I'll have to play that. So cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, listeners, uh, let us know what your favorite Marvel game is. You can send us a tweet at Gamerheads PC. You can send us an email at info at Gamerheads Podcast. You can also go to our Facebook page, and that's facebook.com slash gamerheadspodcast. Or you can go to our website, gamerheadspodcast.com, and leave us a message there as well. All right, let's move on to the gaming news then. So the very first thing I have here, Christian, you want to read the first one that I have? Sure. This guy is from Push Square. It's about Fortnite's Avengers Endgame event starting today on PS4, and it adds limited time mode and weapons. So a new mode called Endgame has been introduced for a limited time. It pits two teams against each other fighting over the six Infinity Stones, Thanos and his, oh boy, Chidawari. Chitari? There you go. Chitari. Okay, thank you, Mike. Chitari Army make up one team whose job it is to seize the stones and make the big baddie even more powerful. The hero team is tasked with preventing this from happening by defeating the enemies, including Thanos. In order to achieve this, various weapons wielded by the film's protagonists can be found, like Captain America's shield or Thor's hammer. This sounds wonderful. Yeah, I know! They already did the uh, Avengers thing for Infinity War, but this sounds like they just cranked it up a notch. I know. This is so. This is the thing that I think is so amazing about Epic and Fortnite. Um, what they're doing with Fortnite is that they're just incorporating all this stuff into the game, like mm-hmm. and just quickly, right? And, and the thing is, this is not going to last forever. It's like yeah. a quick. Think about all the manpower and everything that went into that to make this happen mm-hmm. for a timed event. Like that, to me, I think is insane. Like yeah. super insane, but super. Um, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like I I have off today. I think I'm going to play this. I think I'm going to I think I'm going to jump in. I don't play Fortnite, but I think I'm going to play this. It's it's interesting. Um so I you know, I don't play Fortnite. My my son is my uh my liaison uh for Fortnite. So I was watching him play it. Um and it, it is pretty cool. He actually so it's like yeah, the other if you the first so like you 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 know, jump off the plane, you glide down. And um, one of the stones, uh, one of the infinity stones comes in uh, like almost like a meteor and crashes. And the first person to find it becomes Thanos. Oh. And then uh, everyone else that's on their team become one of the, you know, one of the uh, Chitauris. <laughs> and uh, the goal is once Thanos, once Thanos or his team gets a hold of all six uh, infinity stones, then it turns off respawning for the Avengers side. so then you can you know try to take them out and then um of course on the avengers side the chitauri uh people can only have like six respawns or something like that before they're kicked out so they need to like protect the stones it's it's a really interesting mode it really is cool um not only that but there's also um there's a black widow skin that you can buy uh, for your characters and that's and that's not that's not limited you once you buy that you've got it and there's some challenges to complete if you complete all the challenges your uh your glider that you deploy when you get dropped out of the battle bus that is uh the glider is the quinjet so you'll be yeah so if you if you if you beat all the challenges then you get the quinjet and you get to keep that that's so awesome yeah so yeah Um, you're right they put in a lot of work into it is it free is this free yeah oh wow 
So yeah, it's not like part of like free. a season or anything like that? No, no, no. The mode is free. The mode is free. The only thing you're paying for is just the Black Widow skin if you want that. Sure. That's so cool. I know what I'm doing today. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know all about it. It's going up all against all these kids that have been playing for oh, hundreds and hundreds of hours. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. They're going to be like, this guy sucks. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Way to go. Uh, Wait, oh, th- that's the new word. In our day, well, not our day, but uh, 10 years ago, it was noob. And I think the, oh, yeah. the word for noob now is tryhard. I think that's what the kids use now. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. 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 My little wow. brother says that all the time. He's like, oh, this bro's sweating. Oh, he's trying so hard. I'm like, okay. All right. I mean, you're you're trying pretty hard. I can tell. He's like, no, dude, this guy's so sweaty right now. And I'm like, all right. I'll just let you keep playing. Oh, man. I thought they still use noob. I guess I'm a noob. Or... <laughs> no, no, you're a tryhard. No, I'm tryhard. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, Mike, do you want to take the next one? Sure. This comes from PC Gamer. Uh, former developers are speaking out about severe crunch time at Mortal Kombat Studios. Uh, the allegations on Twitter came from a former full-time employee uh, and multiple former contractors, uh, and this paints an unpleasant picture of long periods of crunch time throughout developments of Mortal Kombat 9, Mortal Kombat 10, and the Injustice fighting games. Uh, PC Gamer also spoke with four former members of NetherRealm Studios, uh, part of their QA team, uh, who corroborated the reports of months-long crunch and poor pay for contract workers during their time at the company. Uh, The former full-time employee, James Longstreet, said, On Mortal Kombat 9, Crunch officially began the day after New Year's Day 2011. Of course, we did a bit of pre-crunch before that just to make sure we were in a good spot for regular crunch. Uh, This was was on scheduled document. This was not a wink-wink-nudge-nudge, passionate, hard-working thing. This was mandate. Uh, He also said, I took one day off between January 1st and the day uh, the day one patch was approved. It was my birthday. It was a Sunday. So it was okay that I was just on call. I was allowed to go to a friend's wedding, of course, on call on a Saturday night after working an eight-hour shift first. Those were the only two days I didn't work from 10 a.m. till at least midnight. We were all doing this, I mean, except for the bosses, of course, who would leave after dinner. This is not good for NetherRealm, man. They've been getting a lot of flack lately. Yeah. And I mean, so I didn't include some of the other quotes, but there was some people talking about, well, the QA is the contractors. So they contracted their QA and they were making $12 an hour. And they were told, boy, aren't you lucky that you get to work all these hours. Now you get to get some extra bonus time in and extra money now because you're working all these extra hours. You're so lucky. Uh, And in some of these people... Uh, would work, you know, like 80 to 200 hours a week to get this stuff done. Man. And that's, you know, they would say they'd come in at like 9, I think, in the morning and stay until 2 or 3 in the morning and mm. get up and do it again. So, it, it, And one person in the article said, you know, I feel like I aged 20 years <laughs> after doing this for a few months. Jeez. And I will say, like, I believe that because uh, when I was – I, I may have mentioned this before, but I'll mention it again because it's relevant. But when I worked uh, in an, I, I work in IT, and there was this one IT shop that I worked in, and we were launching healthcare reform, and uh, that week, so it was like 
four or five days when we were launching it, we worked from seven in the morning to five the next morning, slept for two hours, and we just did it all, you know, did that for four or five days in a row Jeez. to get to get it going. And uh, ever since then, uh, I had sleep apnea. I never had sleep apnea before, but then after that, uh, I got sleep apnea. I almost died, actually. Oh, my gosh. For my sleep apnea. Yeah. Because uh, I did, well, <laughs> that was my fault, because my wife was like, I think you're not breathing when you're sleeping. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm fine. But uh, yeah, I never had it before uh, that that week. And then after that, healthcare reform almost killed me, people. <laughs> the irony. <laughs> the irony, yeah. But it sucks. It's terrible. Yeah. Like, that should not be the norm Any in any IT shop. That should not be the norm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The sad it, thing is that it seems like it is. Because, I mean, just this week, there were um, articles going up about Fortnite. And when that exploded, those developers at Epic Games were under crunch, like, severely under crunch as well. So For for this, for the uh, end game? No, for when oh. uh, they launched Battle Royale and it gained a lot oh. of steam, they had a yeah. lot of people oh, working yeah. long hours to make sure they could pump those patches out. That's crazy. Well, and it's shocking. And then the people leave, you know, <laughs> come on. Like, of course people are going to leave your company. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Not, not surprising that some of your top talents not going to be working there anymore because they could go, they could either, one, start their own studio, which is really hard to do. But, I mean... There are plenty of people that do it, mm-hmm. uh, but secondly, like they'll just do something else. They don't, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's I don't know, but <laughs> my my favorite part in the meantime, uh, I I mean, except for the bosses, of course, who would leave after dinner, <laughs> and like that's the part that really irks me about it. It's like if you ask your employees to put in these long hours, you know, show some leadership and be there with them. Cause yeah. They're not going to respect you. No. And they're not going to work as hard for you. No. If you're just doing that. Yeah. No, it's... I had a boss that would do that. <laughs> and one day oh, I just got so fed up with it because he would leave early to like go golfing and stuff like that. And one day I just got so fed up with it. As he's walking out the door at like 1130 or 12 on a Friday, I just go and I, I just stand up and I say really loud, all right, have fun golfing, Terry. <laughs> Good job, Mike. <laughs> he was not happy with me. <laughs> oh man, I. If you don't mind, I have a quick story to tell, kind of along those lines too. I I was working at a bank, and uh, we were putting in long hours at the bank, and my whole staff quit because everybody hated it there, and I was assistant branch manager. My branch manager quit because she hated it there, and so I was working from six in the morning to six at night every day, because I had no staff. Jeez. <laughs> And the regional manager, uh, who didn't work at our branch, uh, you know, but she she was in charge of several branches. She was like, you know, you've been putting a lot of hours in. Tomorrow, come in at ten o'clock. I'll or come in at yeah, come in at ten o'clock. She said, sleep in a couple hours. I'll open up the branch, and then you know you can come in at ten and work until six. Work a normal eight hour shift. And I'm like, are you sure? She said, absolutely. I'm like, but you know that's money day. Money comes in this day. So we have to, you know, mm. you have to be there for that. Oh, yeah, I'll be there. Don't worry. No worries, she said. No worries. Now, remember, she's like the regional manager, right? I come in at 10 o'clock. My staff, my skeleton staff, is running around with their heads chopped off. <laughs> I mean, not, not literally. literally. But, uh, not literally. But, <laughs> okay, <you> good. <laughs> know, no, no, not, not literally. But, like, money came in 
uh, to fill the ATM machine and our other, you know, our safe. And, and like, they were freaking out because there was nobody to count that stuff in. Uh, they were super busy. And I was like, what the hell? Where's the regional manager? And they're like, I don't know. She wasn't here. Uh, so I had to work my butt off to get everything under, you know, under control. I was able to, you know, <laughs> organize the chaos. And at noon, here comes waltzing in the regional manager. She's like, hello, everybody. And I was like, I just stood there. And I said, what time is it? She's like, what? I said, what time is it? And she said, it's noon. Oh, I should clarify. I did already at this point give my two weeks notice. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> and she's like, it's noon. And I said, what time were you supposed to be here? And she said, what? I said, what time were you supposed to be here? And she said, well, I just figured somebody else was going to take care of it. I said, oh. you made a commitment to me and to this team that you were going to be here at six o'clock. It's noon. And I, I was like, this is the reason why people are quitting this job because leadership like you blah, blah, blah. I was not happy. Ooh. And she was like, in my office right now. And I was like, well, <laughs> I guess this is the end of my two weeks right here. <laughs> yeah. So she pulled me in the office and she was like crying and she was like, I am so sorry. You were absolutely right. I'm a terrible manager. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh my God, I'm so, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> it's really awkward. She's like, you care about this place so much, and I, I just let everybody down, and blah blah blah. I was like, okay, well, just you know, just here's a life lesson, people. <laughs> like, just if you're gonna say it, do something, then do it. Like, you know, have some honor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I don't mean to go off on that, but that was a really funny story. Like, that was the only time I've like actually like yelled at anybody, and yeah. uh, and. <laughs> I can't say it's not the only time that I made anybody cry at work because I had people <laughs> cry, but it wasn't because of me. Like they just, I didn't yell. I just had expectations, and then they started crying. I was like, I, "What? I don't. Why are you crying? Stop crying! <laughs> Stop whining! Stop whining!" Uh, so, anyway, uh, moving right along. <laughs> the last item that I have here is from Push Square, and it's Kingdom Hearts Three details upcoming free and paid DLC, including extra scenarios. What? Uh, so series director Tetsuya Nomura, is that how you pronounce his name? Nailed it. Uh, thank you. Has revealed what fans can expect from Kingdom Hearts 3 uh, when it comes to post-launch content. And so we'll have some additional scenarios named Remind, and that's coming up at some point. And it uh, will have uh, DLC uh and a secret episode, it looks like. And that will create some new bosses, while the Japanese version of the game is set uh, to English voice acting as an option. And then there will also be new Keyblades and a new form for all players free of charge. So that's cool, right? Yes, yes. Thank you. I need this. This is fantastic. I love what I'm hearing here. Okay, so do you guys know what a Final Mix Kingdom Hearts game is? Yes, but tell us anyway. Okay. Yeah, so I'm Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. About. 
Kingdom Hearts <laughs> one and two came out on PS2 in the uh, in the Americas, right? And they they were great. Everyone loved them. And then in Japan, a couple years after each one came out, they released a final mix version. And those versions added bosses, added cutscenes, added like significant chunks of post game content. Like Kingdom Hearts two's final mix added like. 15 bosses and like a whole separate dungeon and it was fantastic because of it there was so much more to do in that game with the final mix content and it appears that kingdom hearts 3 they're going the route of basically making dlc to kind of fill that gap for that final mix content and if that's the case i would love it because my Mm. experience with kingdom hearts 3 Last I played, it ended kind of with a fizzle because I was, you know, (laughs) I was fighting the last Heartless in the game. You know, the big, bad, optional post-game boss that they sent at me. I was like, all right, let's see what you can throw at me, game. And then it was over in like two minutes. So hopefully with this paid DLC stuff, it'll kind of flesh out some of that post-game and some of the end game in a more satisfying fashion. And that sounds like what they're going for. Yeah. I mean, when I saw this, I was like, oh, Christian's going to love this. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Christian, I mean, did you try? Go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. I was going to say, did you try the, the new hard mode that they... I am planning on doing so. That is on my list. It's pretty high on my priorities right now. Because, yeah, I'd love to do a critical mode playthrough. Because they just put that in. And I think that would be right up my alley. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, I... Uh... I have to play the other Kingdom Hearts games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even going to... I'll live <laughs> vicariously through you guys. <laughs> I did pick up the story so far, so I'm, I just haven't opened it yet. But I do have it. I do have nice. it. Uh, yeah, so that's all the news I have. Any any other news from anybody? Mm-mm. Nope. I do have one thing that's not game-related. And I wish Blue was here, but... but I was going to save it, but I'll just mention it. So I did watch the very first episode of Cowboy Bebop. Oh, wow. Nice. Blue's in here. I know. I know. It's really good. Really? Have have either of you seen it? No. I've seen the first three episodes. So you and I are right around the same, uh, same, same page here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting. It's they're doing their character building right now. So it is a little slow. Yeah. But it reminds me a lot of Firefly. Okay. Yeah. Like Space Cowboys? Yeah, Space Cowboys. So, I like it a lot. It's really good. I mean, mm-hmm. the music is fantastic. Yeah, the music mm. is awesome. I'm loving that theme. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So good. So, yes, Blue, I have been watching <laughs> Cowboy Bebop. Uh, and when you come back, we can talk more about it. But I have I watched at least one episode. I plan to watch some more today because I can. And, uh, <laughs> and the reason I say I can is because my wife is out of town. The kids are out of town. I have the place to myself this weekend. So that's why I'm going to play some Fortnite and watch some Cowboy Bebop and do some other fun things. So, yay. So, yeah. Cool. All right. Then let's move on to our listener feedback. So last week we asked which run-of-the-mill non-boss enemy is literally the worst to deal with. And uh, before we get into the feedback, you can give us feedback. I should mention this. Uh, Christian, how can you? How can people give us feedback? You can reach uh, us yeah, go ahead. Uh, through email at info at GamerHeadsPodcast.com. And how can they reach us through Twitter? At GamerHeadsPC. 
and on our website. That's GamerHeadsPodcast.com. And then, did we mention Facebook yet? No, that's Facebook.com slash GamerHeadsPodcast. <laughs> I almost screwed that all up. Anyway, so, uh, so yeah, listeners, give us some feedback. So uh, let's go through the feedback that we got from last week's question. Uh, Chris, do you want to take the first one? Sure, this one's from Neutron Dust, and they tweeted, It's obvious the Medusa heads in Castlevania still mm-hmm. piss me off to the point of rage quitting to this day. Yeah. Of course. They, their pattern is so simple, but it's so infuriating. Yeah. We actually got a lot of Medusa heads. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, a lot of Castlevania characters in general. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say the same thing. There was a lot of Castlevania characters in general. So, Castlevania. Uh, Mike, do you want to take the next one? And this comes from our close personal friend, the true Donnie G. He tweeted, I used to hate the Hammer Bros. Their placement was so perfectly planned as the developers knew you'd be running at full speed as they came into the screen. And by the time you slowed down and stopped, you were already eating a hammer. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I That's used good. to be scared when I was a kid of the Hammer <laughs> Brothers. I would just like sit back and think these hammers would go up. I'm like, I don't have an opening. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like waiting to turn left on a busy street. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, it is. That's a perfect description. Yeah, it is. It's funny because I feel like everybody has that experience with those Hammer Brothers. You're like, oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, no, God. no. Oh, no. Now they're jumping. What the hell? What are yeah, they jumping? Yeah, now they're jumping and they go down a level. That's yeah. not possible. Yeah. When they go down on your level, you're like, I'm screwed. There's yeah, nothing I can like... do. <laughs> you just walk into them. Yeah. Exactly. A lot up. of times it's like, I have fire or I'm big. I'm just going to run through them and just hopefully I can make it past them. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you take that You take that sacrifice just to get That's past. Right. That's right. Uh, the next one comes from at Kevin Wins, a uh, friend of the show, and he tweeted those bleep hunchbacks from the Castlevania series. Yes. Mm-hmm. The flea men. They're too yes, small. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they, yeah, they're just so random, too. Yep. Yes. You just go all over. Oh, man. Yeah, they aggravated me, too. Me, too. Uh, Christian, you want to take the next one? Sure. Mega Retro Man tweeted the ducks from level nine on Battletoads. I would I would agree with that if I actually made it to level nine. <laughs> okay. On <Battletoads>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty far along. That is pretty far along. Uh, yeah. But I'll take your word for it, my grocery man. Bravo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bravo yeah. to you for making it to level nine. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, let's see. Christian, want to take the next one? Sure. Cliff Mars tweeted, the Redeads from Ocarina of Time, their screams freeze you from too far away, and you had to run away from them as Kid Link. Mm. Those things are super creepy. Yes, they are. Especially since their attack comes out of nowhere. Like, you don't yep. even... And then it's like, ah... That do? game is rated E for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's when E for everyone meant something different. Yeah, kind of like PG movies back in the day. Yeah. yeah oh, exactly. yeah. You know Jaws was PG? Oh, what? wow. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense, I guess, because you know what the first rated R movie was going to be? Well, you know what the first PG-13 movie is. Uh, I, I do. Yeah? Mike? At least I think I do. Gremlins? No. Or no, it was Indiana after Jones. Gremlins. Yeah, Indiana Jones. Oh, really? Yep, Temple of Doom. Oh, uh, I know Gremlins had something to do with the PG-13 rating, that, like oh. the, the implementation of it or something. Yeah, well, they were going to make Temple of Doom rated R, and Spielberg was like, uh-uh, no way, no way, <laughs> nobody's going to see this movie. Yeah, And then they changed it to PG-13, even though I was seven when that movie came out, and I went to go see it. And I will say Molo Ram still scares me to this day. Oh, 
There was when when I was a kid, my friend. I don't know why why anybody would have a poster of Molaram in their bedroom, <laughs> but he did. And it was on the on the back side of a door, right? So when you close the door, you could see it. No. Oh. And I'll never forget, like. You know, I'd be in, at his place when we were sleeping in his room, and his mom, mom's like, "Good night, kids." And she'd close the door, and there's Mola Ram just staring at us. I'm like, "Can we leave the door open?" Jeez. God, that is that is so crazy. I had the exact same situation. <laughs> really? But only no, I'm not even joking. Even the poster on the back side of the door. But instead, but it wasn't Mola Ram though. It was one side. It was Gizmo, oh. and when you flipped it over, the other oh. side it was it was Stripe. Oh. And I was always so afraid. Yeah. To, to to flip it over and just look at that stripe and I especially like because that movie got really scary towards yeah. you know towards the end oh, but, yeah. but that's so crazy idea because I was like literally I, I was in kindergarten I was literally like <laughs> just scared to death of of that poster the other side of that poster that's crazy yeah yeah so yes <laughs> the definition right. of PG was a lot different back then yes it was the definition of E was a lot different back then. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's move on then to our push select game review section. And so this week we have two games we're going to be reviewing. And the very first game, Mike, I'll let you talk about. And that's Super Blood Hockey. Super Blood Hockey. Super Blood Hockey. That's right. Um, it's a, uh, so for those of you who may not know, it is a hockey game. <laughs> Shocking. Uh, wow. It'd yes. be weird if it wasn't. Uh, yes, <laughs> and in case the title doesn't give it away, it is super, Ooh. and there is blood. Wow, a lot of it. Oh. <laughs> it's so it's so it is it's a hockey game, which uh, I was happy to see because I do like hockey uh, hockey games. I was always a big fan, uh, going back to NHL '94, um, and it's it's old school, so it, it's pixelated graphics. Uh, it looks exactly like the ice hockey game for the NES. Yeah. Which I think is available on the Switch online service. It is. I think yes. it is. And you can play that online. There's no blood uh, though. There's no blood <laughs> in that one. Yeah. And it's not as super. It's not super no. So this one uh so this is I mean it looks and plays exactly like that. It's uh you you uh you choose your choose your team. It doesn't have the NHL license. Uh it's just you pick what uh, what country you're representing uh because countries are not trademarked. Um <laughs> And uh, it's just a regular, just a regular game Neither of hockey. cities, so yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, but you, uh, you, it's just a regular, straight-up game of old-school um, NES-style hockey, uh, with the exception of it is ridiculously violent, um, <sighs> cartoonishly violent, and it is hilarious. Uh, like I, I, I love that this game made me crack up so much. Yeah. Um, so much tongue in cheek humor. Um, there was, uh, just, just the blood that goes flying all over the ice. If, and, and another cool thing I liked about it was if you are, uh, there's no power plays. So there's like, there's no real rules. There's no mm. penalties. There's, there's no icing like or anything. Like there's no icing, anything like okay. that. No. But if you want to get a power play, you have to find one person on that other team and just keep checking them until a, <laughs> a until a fight breaks out between the two teams. And then as your as your whichever uh, character you're controlling, your team has to take out their team, and one person on their team will be injured, and that that's a power play. So wow. they'll be hurt. So they'll either be hurt for like a couple minutes, or they could be out for the you know for the entire game. Um, oh. <laughs> I actually killed somebody. What? 
Yes, it was. Jeez. I wasn't in, like because like somebody so and so and, and they t- they give you a description of the injuries, and I'm not going to explain one of the one of the funnier ones because it's a little uh, a little more PG-13. Uh, <laughs> but there was a part of him, <clears throat> there was a part of him that was shattered. Um, oh boy! Oh. So and uh, oh. and then when it, when someone actually died, like the best part was that. <laughs> They were still laying on the ice throughout the rest of the entire game. What? Just oh laying there. God. So like you're running, you're knocking him around and all that stuff as you're going around. Oh my god. It's it's really funny. You could also knock out you could also check the ref and knock him down. Oh yeah, um, I saw that. Yeah, and it's uh but it's it's it really is a lot of fun. It's arcadey. You could uh, each round or each uh, each uh, period is only like three minutes, so you can get through a game in, you know, twenty minutes tops, fifteen minutes tops. Nice. Uh, there's uh there's your basic modes your exhibition you know there's tra- there's a, a tutorial mode there's a um a tournament mode then there's a franchise mode which i thought was just going to be like a season mode where it's like you play game after game and it just keeps track but no there is like an actual management sim involved Ooh. in this uh, so like the whole idea is super blood hockey is kind of like um it, it's kind of like a secret underground hockey organization that hires uh criminals and uh just like puts them in these in these you know uh, these arenas to just battle it, battle each other and, and try to just destroy each other in any way possible so you need to f- um purchase these inmates and what? keep them yeah yeah and keep them against their will at this facility <laughs> oh my god and but so in between so you have a calendar each calendar is like 30 days and that's a season so it's not so it's not terribly deep in terms of time but uh you you need to check on your on your inmates well-being if they're if they're getting too much brain damage you got to have tell them to hit the showers um oh because that helps yes <laughs> you have to uh you have to be Hitting in the charge of... fixes everything that's right if they get hurt too much, there's like an infirmary where they're like lying in, in like a coma or something, and <laughs> hopefully they'll come back. So you need to have you need to have people back, you know, to back up. Uh, you also need to determine each of their diets. Um, it's and Jeez. and what and what they're uh, what to what to work them out on. So like if you put them on the treadmill, it increases their speed. Um, if you put them on weightlifting, it enhances their their stick handling. You know things like that. So and can you give them drugs? I thought I saw something you could give them drugs. Right? <laughs> There's a back alley in the game. There literally is a back alley in the game. <laughs> you can you can get performance enhancing drugs and give them and make your teammates or make your make your team take the drugs. It's oh it's gosh. really yeah it's 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 really just over the top and silly and uh, I I was very pleasantly surprised by it. Hmm. Um, just just how deep that franchise mode is. Uh, oh. There's also multiplayer of up to four people. Oh, that's awesome! So, yeah, and that's uh, and that's really hu- that's gonna that's really helpful because I will say the AI is tough. This is a this is a Ooh. tough game, even on the easiest difficulty. Um, I noted in my review that if I'm playing a sports game on the easiest setting, I'm gonna absolutely destroy my the other team. That's yeah. my expectation. Yeah. Um. Uh, on the easiest setting, it's still tough. Mm. Uh, it's 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 tough to to score it, it, it because you don't control the you don't control the goalie the goalie is always controlled by the ai and the goalie doesn't hold on to the puck it just bounces off him oh interesting and a lot and what happens is the other team will just will just just rush that goalie and just start firing like crazy 
and it'll just keep ricocheting off them until eventually it goes in. Oh. Uh, so and then when you're if when you're playing against the other team when you're trying to score on their goalie, it's very difficult to score unless you have a teammate that's open. Like one timers is the best way. So you really have to work harder and try harder and think harder. Um, so it's not not just like mindless shooting and hoping for the best. Huh. Um, there was also the also some issues with the AI. Um, there was a way I was able to trick it so that if I was in the lead, I could just do this one thing and I guaranteed myself a victory because they never even touched me. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to go over that because I think it kind of ruins the game a little for you, especially if you're trying to, to be challenged. Um, but I will say with the difficulty, taking advantage of that, just especially in the season mode, helped me uh, just secure that victory. But mm. again, it's not game breaking or anything. It's yeah. still it's still a, a ridiculously fun game. I had a ton of fun playing it. Um, it's uh, it, it definitely definitely is worth it if you're a fan of uh, uh, sports games, hockey games. Um, I was a huge fan of NHL Hits, which was ah, the yes. NHL version of NFL Blitz or NBA mm-hmm. Jam. Um, and this is this was this has uh, this is reminiscent of that game. So I, uh, I I definitely recommend picking it up if you're a fan of hockey. Nice. And and so I know like you mentioned how you get <laughs> you get people from like prison to play on your hockey team. Yeah. So like do you do these people have like name I mean like are they unique? Do they have names? Do they have like stats? Is there special things about them? Yeah, are they randomly no. generated or how how does that all work? No, they're they, they are um they do have stats, they do have names, like Harvey Marshmallows or like <laughs> that's it's just like silly names that um but yeah, you um they yeah, I think there's like there's 90, 90 is it 99? There's a lot to choose from. Oh. Wow. Uh, and each of them have their own stats. Um but then again, the better ones you get, the more expensive they are and you oh, need okay. to pay for people's food and you need to pay for rent. So it's you need to wow. be careful. You can't just pick the best players and go with it. But then you could also build up your current ones uh in terms of experience and in terms of their different strengths. So it is. Uh, it, it's it's a pretty deep uh, management in terms wow. of uh, who you pick. How do you wow. get money? Do you win games and get more money? Yeah. So in order to get the money, yeah, you have to win games, and it, at the end of each game, it gives you a violence meter Ooh. as to how violent you were. And the more violent you are, the more extra money you get. The more bigger your bonus. Ah, uh, that sounds great. Oh. So yeah. So uh, you, you win a game, and you just and you try to hurt them, the other team, as much as possible, and that's how you get money. Wow. I like that. that. Sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 definitely a lot of fun. And uh, and your review is up on gamerheadspodcast.com. Uh, what was your final grade on that? On the I review? gave it an A minus. A minus. Wow. Yeah, it's cool. Like one of the things I I noticed that you mentioned in your in your review, and I totally agree, is that the Switch does like suffer from a lack of sports games. So it's good to see, you know, something like this come to the Switch for sure. Yeah, so. absolutely. Cool. Cool. Well, thanks, Mike. Uh, and then Christian, mm-hmm. you reviewed the game, The Lost King's Lullaby. So tell us about that. Yeah. So this will be a bit of a gear shift from what we were talking about before. But Lost King's Lullaby is a 2D, you know, side-scrolling, roguelike RPG dungeon crawler type deal. And the positives end there. <laughs> oh no. So 
no. It's like a roguelike thing. So you you play this plays this girl, and you you run through these dungeons, which are like forests, and the dungeons are basically a bunch of identical rectangles, oh, no. and they're all strung along next to each other. So every room is the exact same, except for an enemy or two here or there. You run into an enemy, it goes into a separate combat screen, and then you do the combat fight. And the combat fights are straight out of Undertale, but worse. So you're this little circular cursor, and you're moving this around this rectangle, and then you got to dodge the attacks of your enemies while you wait for your MP to fill up. And every attack uses MP, so you got to wait for your MP to go up to the attack. You hit the attack button, and then you wait. And then you do the attack, and then you wait. So it's a lot of waiting, it's a lot of rote memorization, it's mind-numbing because there's so many enemies repeated just non-stop, the translation job here is awful, like every other sentence has a translation error, and the story doesn't make sense because of the translation mistakes, and the game runs very terribly, the longer you play the game, the worse the frame rate gets, it's not pleasant, if you play it for more than an hour, it's nearly unplayable, and if you want it back to normal, you have to close out of the game, but you can't save in the middle of any any of the dungeons so if you're almost at the end if you if you slammed your head against all these enemies for like 30 minutes and you're like finally almost at the end and then the frame rate takes a dump on you you're just gonna have to fight the last boss with the bad frame rate buddy i'm sorry but you're gonna have to put up with it <laughs> this is the roguelike though yeah yeah but <laughs> it highlights the performance issues even worse it's not good performance isn't good uh the game's glitchy uh, there was like on the enemy screen and the combat sections, you're moving the cursor around. There'll be arrows that show you where the enemy's about to attack. I had like one enemy that had like this one attack arrow blinking in this one spot forever. That same enemy, no matter which, where I fought it, it would have that blinking arrow there for no reason at all. That was weird. Um, there was, so After you kill each enemy, you get feathers, and the feathers are the currency, and you spend the feathers to level up your attacks. So you can level up your attack to do more damage, or else there's a heal where if your MP bar goes all the way up, if you wait for it to go all the way up, you can heal yourself, and you can level that up to heal yourself more. And there's also like a freeze that slows down your enemy's attacks. There's absolutely no reason to use that because you can just memorize the enemy's attacks and then save your MP to do the attacks yourself and healing yourself. Don't oh. worry about the slowdown thing. It doesn't matter. But yeah, the leveling up system, it was not available to me. So I was playing the game. You know, I did the first dungeon. It's like, good job. You made it back. Let's level up your stuff. And it was like, click on the tree. And I was like, uh, I don't see a tree here. And so I'm just moving my cursor and I have no options except for main menu and go back out to adventure. And so I'm like, "Mm, maybe I go back out to adventure. I get to like the last area of the game and then I die. I come back and then it's the tutorial message is still there. It's like, go to the tree. So I, I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, whatever, screw this. I exit out. I come back in. It tells me to go to the tree. I can't. At one point in time, I turn my switch off. I turn it back on go back into the game and now I can go into a building that's labeled the tree and then I can level up my stuff. So the progression system's broken. That's terrible. Yeah. I mean this it's $8 and it feels like they're robbing you for $8. 
Wow. Even at $8, which is sad, because, I mean, there was potential there. I mean, I like roguelikes. I like RPGs. I like leveling up and decimating stuff. But like just getting through the first area of the game, there's three areas. Each one has a boss at the end. And getting through any one was just exhausting and demoralizing. And it's all over. The review is up on Gamerhead's podcast. Feel free to read it. But it's done. <laughs> Does it does it seem like something that could be fixed with a patch, or does it seem like something fundamentally just problematic with the game? I feel like those things could probably be fixed. Uh, the performance slowly getting worse and worse the longer you play it. I feel like that's that's something that has happened in some other Switch games I played, but it's mostly like sleep mode tends to be the issue with other uh, Switch games, and I know that they've games that I played have been able to fix that. So I feel like that's fixable, and like other glitches, like the arrow thing happening all the time, or like. Uh, what was it? There was like one enemy projectile that uh, just disappeared. And so like one of the oh. enemy's attacks didn't do anything, which oh. was interesting. <laughs> it made the game even easier, which was nice. So, I mean, <laughs> it's possible that they could fix it. But even then, like you're just fighting the same enemies over and over. They do the same attacks and you see the attack arrows incoming. So you just move your cursor to the one spot and then you just wait for your MP to fill bar to fill up for every boss fight. And that's every single one. And it's... It's not great, but yeah. it is a video game, and it is $8, and it is out on the Switch eShop, so if you're morbidly curious, feel free to give it a go. Yeah. Right. Uh, and what was your final grade? I gave it a D. I didn't go full F on it. There were a couple of little quality of life improvements that I appreciated. I liked how they put a progression system in there. I like how you can level up your stuff to get stronger. You can only level things up like three times each, which isn't much. But, you know, that was enough. I appreciated that. And then also on the map. So the game has a map. But every area is an identical rectangle. So it shows you on the map where you have already been. And that is so nice because you can avoid enemies because the last thing you're going to want to do in Lost Kings Lullaby is fight enemies. Yeah, and, and the transition screens are kind of cool looking. Yeah, there's a loading screen that's like a bunch of clouds that zoom in, that like s- come in from the outside of the screen, and then they move around a little bit, and then they go out. Yeah. It's nice looking. Uh, the loading screens break the pace up a lot, but loading screens look nice. I do like the artwork in the game. Yeah, yeah, I think it, the, it doesn't animate very well. It's a little yeah. herky-jerky when it's actually moving, but if yeah. you take any stills, yeah, you, you could make a poster of that. It doesn't look bad. So, all right, yeah. So that's up at GamerHeadsPodcast.com. You can read that review there. So, All right. uh, Let's go on to the games that we're currently playing then. And uh, since you both were talking for a long time, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, I'll start this off if that's okay. So, uh, So games that I've been playing. So I picked up SteamWorld Quest. Ooh. And it is my favorite SteamWorld game so far. Really? Have you wow, played, which ones have you played? I played uh, SteamWorld, SteamWorld Dig 1 and 2, mm-hmm. and SteamWorld Heist. Oh, so pretty much all of them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I oh, I love this game so much. Uh, it is so good. It. Uh, I just I love I love the idea of like these cards that you collect and then you use these cards to you know deal damage. It's an RPG game, and you level up your character. Uh, so you, there is elements of leveling up, but then you also use in-game currency, not 
real money in game currency to buy like new cards you also find new cards as you uh as you like go through the game you find treasure chests and you can find different things and cards and such and you earn some cards uh i got some from like a merchant she was just like here you go. here's some cards i'm opening my shop but here's like a free gift for you guys and then you could take those cards and then you build your deck for each of your characters mm-hmm. so you can have only eight cards in your deck at a time oh jeez. so there is some strategy to that um but it's cool like i have a mage so i i've only played about an hour so far but i have a mage and she does like you know all her cards are like you know fire or ice and such or like heal spells or uh like buff like some like protection buffs and then i have a warrior who does you know more warrior type things and then then there's a a mechanic uh because you know you're all robots in this game so there's a mechanic that you pick up and he does heals but he also does a lot of like major damage and and as you play the cards you earn what they call steam Mm -hmm. and certain cards you have to have so much steam to be able to play the card so there's strategy behind that too so you might have to play like a lower level card before you can play one of your higher level steam cards so to build up your steam it's awesome i love it it's so good and the the the, you know the, the artwork is fantastic uh it's a great strategy game i like it a lot when you use the card does the card go away or do you can you like keep using that same card no, I think it goes back into your deck because you only okay. have eight. So, and then you can also say I want to redraw draw cards. So if you get a card, you can redraw one, um, and then you'll you'll get a new one. But then that card goes back into your deck anyway. Ah, and so you get to play three cards each turn. So, like right now, I have three characters, so I can play three cards for one character. And if I do, then he gets a bonus card. They play like, play a bonus card that you don't have. That just uh, is a card that comes out and plays and uses it, or but a lot of times you might not have three cards of the same character that you can play in your in your hand, so you have to play what you have, right? So, uh, but it's awesome! Oh my gosh, it's such a good game. I definitely worth the twenty five dollars, twenty four ninety nine for this game. So good. Sweet. Uh, so I've been playing that, and what else have I been playing? I feel like there was something else I was playing, but I can't think of it. You right. didn't stream anything this week, did you? No, I didn't stream anything this week. Uh, but I did pick up Mortal Kombat 11. I did not play it yet. Uh, but I did pick that up. I picked it up for the Switch, so we'll see We'll see how that is. Oops, I just actually just turned on my <laughs> Switch. Yeah, <laughs> <I heard laughs> you hear that? that? Yeah, I recognize that noise. Um, and then, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, oh, Katana. Well, we talked about it last week, but Katana Zero. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, those are the games I've been playing. So, um, what about you, Mike? Speaking of cards, I've been playing some more Warhammer: Age of Sigma. Nice. Oh wow! On Switch. Yes, I was You've created uh, a monster, Roger. I, I know. <laughs> I, uh, I I that's that's my that's right now it's my go to just before bedtime game. Oh, nice. You know, I know because uh, I see you playing it. Oh, wait. Ooh. Like what? What? Is there like a camera in my room? <laughs> Just a window. <laughs> Just a window. You take all. You take the five-hour drive. Just yes. to appear at me through. Just yeah. at least you can come in and watch me, man. I'll give you like a bottle of water or something. No, that's what's crappy thing about the switch. I always, I, you know, you see like Mike is playing, you know, and then you're like, great. Uh, there's nothing I can do about that. But yeah, that's cool. <laughs> he's playing that game. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah. <laughs> 
so yeah, so I've been playing some more of that, and I'm still enjoying it. I got, uh, there was a quest that I completed that was win three online games, and I was pretty proud of myself for that. Wow. Uh, it, it almost got me to the point where I wanted to go out and buy the physical card game, but I, I kind of stopped myself. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't need to do this. You don't need to get yourself involved <laughs> in one more thing. I'm so is that proud of right? like, you. Is that the only way you can get new cards is buy the physical card game or no? No, no. Like there oh. was, um, no, you, by completing quests and completing um, <clears throat> different uh, matches and things like that, you can unlock like booster packs that you can open. Oh. And it's random. It's the cards oh. that are in there are random. I did, yes, I did get caught into the, uh, you know, to the microtransaction. Uh-oh. I, but I, I spent $2 on gems in order to purchase, like, this uh, starter pack. And the starter pack gives you um, some avatars. It gives you a play mat. Um, it gives you, like, four booster booster packs. And um, so I did all that, and I figured, like, you know what? I, I I've already put a good amount of time in this for a free game. Yeah. I, I'll give them the two bucks. That's you know, that's that to me, that's saying, hey, this is a good game. I'm enjoying it. So I'll, yeah. Um, and so then one of the uh, one of the booster packs I opened had a ultra rare um card that had <sighs> 250 gems in it. So what? I made I made back the money that I put into the game and then some. Wow. So, put more money into it, Mike. Yeah. More yeah. money. <laughs> Just let it ride. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that again. But yeah, oh. no, it's. Uh, so yeah, so it is a lot of fun. But no, if you do buy, if you get into the physical game, you can buy booster packs, and you can actually scan those packs, those physical cards, and use them in your on on your game. That's awesome. Yeah, that's smart. such a cool. That's such a cool, like, unique way of handling that. I think. Yeah, it's 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 pretty. It is pretty cool. So. Um, so I've been playing that. Uh, I played some Cuphead on the Switch. Uh, the kiddo, oh. yeah, the kiddo got a um, eShop card for uh, for Easter, so he uh, he got Cuphead. So we were playing that. He got um, Cuphead. He got Cuphead. I'm waiting oh, wow. for the physical edition. Oh, that's, that's right. right. Yeah, no, nah, but he he got the digital one. So uh, we played through that. I found out that they added some secret bosses in mm-hmm. uh, in Cuphead. So I, I'm excited to to take them on. Um. I played some more Spider-Man. I am all caught up with the side quests, so now I'm gonna get ready to continue on with the with the main story. Nice. So I got all the collectibles, all that good where, stuff. Where are you at with the story-wise? Oh, I'm very early. I just finished the first uh, Mary Jane mission. Oh yeah. I oh. didn't. Christian, what did you think? I never. I know a lot of people like those Mary Jane messages. I hated those things. I, I just wanted to play as Spider-Man. I didn't want to play as Mary Jane. Yeah, I didn't think they were handled very well. There was one mission in particular where he plays Mary Jane, and that gave a very good change of perspective. But I felt like that was like the only non-Spider-Man section that really had any worth. Which one was that? Which one was that one? I don't want to spoil it for Mike. All right. All right. Thank you, Roger. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so I play, played some Spider-Man, and I played... Uh, so I... Like Roger is very tempted to get Mortal Kombat 11, and but at the same time I know that NetherRealm and Warner Brothers are going to release a complete edition that I'll be able to get the full game for half the price about a year or two down the road. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, and then I realized right as I was about to buy the game, I'm like, I still haven't beat the story mode in Mortal Kombat 10. Oh. So I, uh, I I've been playing that this morning actually. So oh, I nice. Mortal Kombat nice. 10. And then finally, I uh, took part in the Retro Game Brews Challenge and played yes. some Bubble Bobble. 
And I, I mean, I didn't get to I didn't get to watch it. Where did you end up? I came in second place. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was uh, it was really good. It was it was pretty intense. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. I encourage everybody to check out Retro Game Brews because they uh, he him and his uh, his buddies and everybody involved put on such an awesome show once a month uh, where we uh, go head to head on uh, retro games. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, yeah, he does uh, a really good job with that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to point out, I didn't play these yet, but I did get some retro pickups I was excited about. I completed my uh, Spider-Man collection for the Wii and GameCube. Uh, I got Spider-Man 1 and Ultimate Spider-Man on the GameCube, and I nice. got finally got Friend or Foe for a good price on the Wii. Yeah. And I finally got a PS2, so I completed my oh. PlayStation collection. Somebody on Facebook in my town was selling it for fifteen dollars. Oh my gosh! Really? What a good deal! Yeah. Not bad. So yeah, it was. It, it's 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 the original fat. It's not the slim, but yeah. um, it. She had the box and the instructions and everything too. Oh my so gosh! I'm like all right, yeah, fifteen bucks. Yeah, I, I took deal. an air canister to it and um, and it's uh, it works just fine. Nice, beautiful. Very excited about that. So yeah, that's, that's everything beautiful. I played. Nice, thanks, Mike. What about you, Christian? Well, it's funny. Mike mentioned Cuphead on Switch. That's what I've been playing. Uh, I picked it up, I think, a little after it came out, a couple days after. And so I spent this week playing through it, and I just finished it. Finished nice. it my second time through. Uh, I finished it the first time back when it like first came out, and I enjoyed it. I was in a really weird headspace when I played it, though. It was like almost surreal playing through that game because... There's no other video game like it, and I played through yep. so many video games up until that time, and the art style was just, like, weird. <laughs> it took me a little yeah. bit to kind of get used to it. Like, I played through the whole game that first time, not quite used to it, but this time I played it on Switch, and it is a, like, perfect video game to put on Switch. We need more video games like Cuphead on Switch because it's an indie game, Short, sweet, to the point, 2D, and not resource intensive. The game runs at the same fidelity as it does on an Xbox One X on a 720p and 1080p That's screen. Crazy. That's crazy. That is wonderful. More stuff like that, please. Solid 60 frames mm. per second. What sucked about it was having to play it with Joy-Cons. Not yeah. the f not the biggest fan. Uh, the analog sticks are a little chintzy. Uh, I was able to make it through all of the bosses pretty all right uh, i started going through and playing the hard version of all the bosses and there's some like very timing intensive stuff that isn't easy to pull off with those little joy cons so i'm like on the verge of getting a pro controller i want to not get one because that's like 60 bucks down the drain that's like a brand new video game but yeah. maybe i'll have to do it anyways we'll see if i can resist the temptation you could try yeah. some of those third-party ones those wired yeah. ones they're not terrible yeah, so that's funny. I tried playing it with a GameCube controller because I've got the Wii U GameCube controller adapter and I played through most of Yoshi's Crafted World with a GameCube controller and it was fantastic. And when I tried using it on Cuphead, there was very noticeable input lag. Mm. And with Cuphead, uh, you can't have that. I'm f if Yoshi had that, I'd take it the other way around. Put input lag on Yoshi, no input lag on Cuphead because I need that mm. responsiveness on Cuphead. Yeah. You know it would be great if they had if Nintendo released the uh like they did the NES controllers for the Switch if they did the same with Super Nintendo controllers. Oh yeah. Yes. I think that would be pretty uh pretty intuitive for Cuphead. Absolutely. 
That'd be so great. So who's your who's your hardest boss? Um, you have the most trouble with. I'll see if that's a good question. Um, hmm. uh, there's the robot guy that you fight in the plane. I always have a hard time yep. with him. That's that that's my pick, Doctor Kale's robot. Every single yeah. time, man. Yeah, he's a doozy. <laughs> yeah, probably my least favorite. He's like harder than the final boss, man. That's ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a t- man. That is tough. How come you didn't ask me what my least favorite boss in that game is, Mike? Because you didn't give me an opportunity to. Oh, okay. hey, Roger. Yes. <laughs> Who's your least favorite boss in Cuphead? Oh, that's easy. The first one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the root pick. I'm not good at that game at all. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm glad you... <laughs> you mentioned the secret bosses, though, Mike. Because now I want to find those. Yeah. Yeah, there's. I know in the root pack, that's the first boss where you fight the carrot and the onion and the mm-hmm. uh, potato. There's a secret boss in there. Did you um? Did you try the pa- any, Did you try doing the pacifist runs yet? No, I didn't do those yet. Yeah, if you so if you the run and gun levels, if yeah. you can make it make it through those levels without killing without, anything, uh, killing anything, you get uh, you get a pacifist flag on it. And if you beat all of them, it unlocks black and white mode in the game. Yeah. So it looks like a real old like like a legitimate 1930s cartoon. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's all I got. That's cool. Oh, nice. I thought that that's how you get the secret bosses or something. No, no, no. That's just to unlock the, uh, the black and white mode, the black and white mode. I gotcha. Yep. Uh, anything else, Christian? I have continued to be, pl- continued to play MLB, the show 19. Yeah. And you mentioned this before, Roger, that I am a big fan of it. It is my favorite sports video game franchise uh by a long shot and it's it's hard to explain why but my parents put a lot of cachet into sports okay ever since i was little like the earliest memories i have are going to football and basketball events with my dad and still to this day we go to football games baseball games basketball games and whenever we're together my dad's talking about someone you know talking about the football draft and talking about you know who our local team got on their team who's doing what and so at a very young age it was like indoctrinated into me that sports are important and sports kind of have they have a lot of like staying power as far as like names. Like there's big names in sports and people who know those names. Um, there's a lot of people who know those names. And if you can get into sports, then like fame just happens. Mm. And so MLB The Show provides a perfect analog for that. And that is uh, Road to the Show mode. And I just can't get enough of this. I can't get enough of Road to the Show mode. It's funny. Phil likes playing Diamond Dynasty mode. I haven't touched it because I am in love with Road to the Show mode. So how it works is you create your character. You create your baseball star. And uh, you make them how you want them. You can choose a swing type. You know, plenty of customization options that are all well and good. But when you start out, your character starts out in the minor leagues so you don't start out with the big name teams or anything like that. You start out down in the double A's. You're just some average Joe playing, doing what he can for his local double A team. Like and Ballards or something? I think that that's a summer league. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. Good I try, Roger. No, I know, I know. Good try. So you start <laughs> out with the double A's, right? And then if yes. you do well enough, maybe the triple A's will, you know, they'll start hearing wind of your name. They'll be like, whoa, I heard about this guy. He can really hit a ball, man. Maybe we should call him up 
to the AAA. See what he can do. See what he can do with the bigger shots. So you got to consistently perform at a satisfactory level. You'll get called up to the AAAs. And from there, that's when you get the eyes of the big league people. They'll be watching who's doing well in AAA. They'll be looking for who they can call up to the major leagues. And if you can still deliver with the bigger names in AAA, that's it. You've done it. You've made it. They call you up to the big leagues. They give you a phone call. They're like, hey, man, we're calling you up. You did it. You've done it. We want you playing with the big names. And you get there, you get to the giant stadiums, the huge crowds roaring. You hit the ball, and it's just like, oh, a cathartic power trip and a fantastic way to, like, progression curve your video game. And I love it. I can't get enough of it. I've done it, like, four times now, and I want to do it again. It feels so great. Wow. Uh, is, okay, so I have to ask this because of the 2K sports games. Mm-hmm. Are there microtransactions in this game? I don't know. That's a good oh. question. <laughs> no, I mean to level up your character. Like, do you have to like buy things to? Level no, up there is no or? way to microtransaction your way to a better character. Okay, that's it takes good. Blood, sweat, tears, and dedication. Wow. Because, uh, yeah, I've been playing. Because yeah, the two well. K games they just yeah. muddle all that. You just buy the coins and then just pump yeah. them into your character exactly. if you want a good guy. Yeah, because I mean, we we talked about this before, but it never made sense to me. Like, like our friend Steve has been playing like the two K NBA basketball game, mm-hmm. and and he'll say like, my character I made, like he plays in the pros and he can't, can't make a bucket to save his life. He's <laughs> yeah, like, he plays like a high school player, and I'm like, why is he even in the pros? That doesn't make any yeah. sense, you know? Yeah. So uh, that never made sense to me. Like, how? Why? Why would you level up your character if they're in the pros? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they should yeah, be totally. at a certain level to be exactly. in those. So and MLB the show, you know, they don't have that problem because you start out in the double A's and you are increasing your stats with every game you play. And so by the time mm-hmm. you actually get to the major leagues, you can actually hold your own against those, you know, all star pitchers, man. Wow. And uh, that sounds awesome. Who did you get drafted by, by the way? Uh the Brewers. You oh, can okay. pick. You can pick. Oh, you, you, can. you get a phone call at the beginning, and they're like, okay, so you're going to get called up? Who would you – or you're going to start for a team. Which team would you prefer? And then whatever team you prefer or whatever team you tell them is the team you play for. Hmm. So, yeah, it's just, just classic video game escapism in the best ways. Like, I just imagine in my brain, you know, like – I. I like putting the stuff on easier difficulties and then just slamming balls out of there. Just yeah. home runs all day, setting the single game home run record, setting the single season home run record, setting the single season batting average record. And this guy, I just like imagine in my head, you know, like all these newscasts and all these people on late night television talking about this prodigy of a baseball player and how amazing he is. And I just like, I hit a grand slam and I imagine my dad sitting there in his couch <laughs> You know, watching the football or watching the baseball game late one night, the glow of the television in his face and a slow single tear rolls down his eye. Oh. It's beautiful. Wow. You oh. should, you, what you should do is record this of you playing the game and then show it to your dad. Say, Dad, <laughs> I, made oh, no. I made it. Yeah, that's that sounds sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Do you, do you when you create a character like that, do you name him yourself or how, what do you, do you usually do? Yeah, so the first couple I would try to create myself and like any yeah. character creator I do and I I can't make myself in a video game. I don't know why. It's just they have a lot of defaults and those defaults don't really, you know, look like me for the most part. Yeah. So yeah. this time 
I created a dude and I just played up everything because uh, my girlfriend, Annie, she hates that I forget to shave my sideburns sometimes. So I gave this oh. guy wicked lamb chops. Wow. And then I have really long hair. So I gave this dude like the longest hair, man. It like goes down to his shoulders. You don't have it's that amazing. long of hair. You don't have that long I guess not. Well, people at work tell me every day, you got to get a haircut. And I'm like, what? Not yet. I never it's not time yet. So I never tell you that. <laughs> I gave this dude luscious locks, and I'm just living vicariously through my major league baseball player, and it's wonderful. Wow! Is his name Christian Cubza though? His yes, it is. It is Christian Cubza. Oh, okay. okay. And what you can do is you can uh, make so there's a bunch of major league players, and the announcers have like recorded voice li- voice lines for oh, every yeah, major league yeah. player, and so you yeah. can dip into that library and associate your name with certain ones. So my first name Christian. There's Christian Yelich playing for the Brewers, so that's sure. first name's fine. The last name I've had to get creative because my last name's Cubza, and there aren't any you know Cubzas in Major League Baseball that I'm aware of. So yeah. like the game five years ago, I just clicked chose like there wasn't any christian five years ago either so i was like chris wow. boomer or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so this year there's no cubza there is christian so i'm christian kuba and that's Ooh. the closest i got to cubza and i'm down with that i like being mr kuba yeah i'm gonna call you that from now on mr kuba <laughs> sure by all means uh, roger yeah can i call you chris boomer though you can call me chris <laughs> boomer absolutely you're gonna make oh, me nostalgic no. for the good old days uh, yeah. <laughs> fun cool Uh, Anything else? No, that's it for me. Cool. Uh, Then let's do this. We'll take a break, and then when we come back, we'll get into our hot topic. And our hot topic this week is, has the eShop become a shovelware haven, and how will this affect Nintendo? So stay tuned. And welcome back to Gamerheads. So yeah, this week, our hot topic is has the eShop become a shovelware haven and how will this affect Nintendo? So the reason I thought of this, there was actually a couple of things. One, one like after reading your review of uh, The Lost King's Lullaby, I think you mentioned, Christian, that, you know, the eShop has become so... Just saturated. Saturated, yeah. And there's, like, good games that are just lost in the mix. Like, even even games, like, I know, like, Steam, SteamWorld uh, Quest... Like had a lot of, you know, still has a lot of hype right around it, right? Like this, mm-hmm. you know, Image Inform has a lot of uh, clout and people know them, but, um, but I can see how this game can easily be lost, uh, with with all the noise that happens in in there, and 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 this was my concern. This is a while back we talked about this when Nintendo came out and said, "Hey, you know, we're gonna what was it like two to three hundred a week or something like that that they're gonna try to get out on the eShop." It was insane. It was insane. It was the same amount of games that they wanted to have out on the eShop. So so I wanted to talk about that. Like, has has eShop become just saturated with, with shovelware? And and how will this affect Nintendo? And and and, and I have some articles I want to read, too, um, with this. But like, we can talk about this first. Um, so what do you guys think? First of all, let's just start with, you know, do you think Nintendo eShop has a problem with shovelware? I don't think that's a silly question, but go ahead. Discuss. <laughs> I think no more than any other platform does. Um, I, you know, PlayStation has its share of shovelware. They don't even get me started on Steam. Um, <laughs> it's it's so I'll say I'll say yes, yes they do. Um, but no more so than 
a lot of the other uh, a lot of the other the other systems out there. The thing is, Nintendo with that seal of quality that also it, that has kind of a stigma to it now. It's not the same seal of quality that it used to be. We're start <laughs> also starting to see Wii era levels of just kind of garbage yeah. games appearing yeah. on the system. Um, it does kind of drown out some of the other good games, like you were talking about earlier, like Iconoclast. Um, but there's also some shovelware out there that's actually not too bad. And I'll say, and I, Roger, you may disagree with me, I don't know, but I consider Letter Quest to be shovelware. Letter, letter Quest? Yes. Because it's 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 like it's like a mobile game. It's got that I don't even know what kind of style that animation is where everything's very like that looks looks like I don't even know, very very um dull 2d animation where everything is just very like it's too smooth you know what i mean uh, i don't yeah. know there's certain yeah. games and i i know letter quest is one of them um there, there's another one that, that um has been heroes i think is another one i think dark yeah. that darkest dungeon no um uh, there, there's some other games that have that exact style of animation that I, I am not a fan of but but i enjoyed letter quest i thought letter quest despite being a shovelware game in my opinion is also a very good game but you know games like dynamite fishing which is that same type of animation that i that i'm not a fan of but you know we're starting to see more people finding success with discounting their games to 99 cents yeah and throwing it up you know sticks i saw one game trying to find it right now but i'm not seeing it but uh there was one game that's 19 cents right now yeah (gasps) 19 cents (laughs) Like what the heck? How is that even possible? <laughs> yeah. Like why? Why? Are, what are you even doing? How, how are you even putting that out there for nineteen cents? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, well, I guess I guess that's my first question. Then I mean, you bring up a good point. I mean, not my first question. The question that I now I'm thinking of what mm. what makes shovelware then? What what's the definition of shovelware in your mind? I would say so. If it's a if it if it originally appeared on a, on a cell phone. <laughs> That that's probably one one uh one box to check. Mm. Um, I would say if it's doesn't if it's not if it doesn't have a deep engaging story and deep engaging gameplay elements. Like if it's a game that you can play with just one hand oh, yeah. while you're scratching your butt with the other, <laughs> then yeah, then I, I think that would be shovelware. I also think that it's a game that has no lasting um lasting meaning. Um. In a game that uh, that's just it just just a game that's put together just real just like almost half haphazardly like mm-hmm. a game that just it just feels like it's like there was minimal effort to push this one out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel the same way as Mike, thing. especially ones, especially games that reuse assets. I feel like that yeah. is like prime flag. Prime, uh, uh, major characteristic of any shovelware game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree. I mean, I think I think to me, I think that's to me, I think is something where people just take at like Unity is like it's a bad rep for this, where people just take a bunch of assets from Unity because you get those from Unity Store and just put them together and say, "Look, I made a game," <laughs> and it's like, yeah. eh, "Did you?" Um. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, just give you some examples here that's out there. I, I just went out to the eShop just to see. I went by the lowest price. Lowest to highest. So, uh, No Thing is the game that I was thinking of. No Thing. It was $1.99 when it first released. Now it is $0.19. Cents. I'm not kidding. Released Ooh. on March 
March 22nd, 2018. Uh, Timberman VS, uh, that that also launched at $1.99 on May 3rd, 2018. That is now also 19 cents. Uh, yeah, so uh, guess the character, released on December 20th, 2018. That's shovelware. Yeah, that's shovelware. <laughs> $1.49. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, and 99 Moves, that was released on February 8th, 2019, at $2.99, that's now $1.49. I mean, I'm not, I and I can't speak for all these games, because I haven't played all these games, and I, I, I don't know if that's fair to say, like, all these games are shovelware, but, uh, it is, it is disheartening to see, uh, this big push of, like, let's have everything out there, and, and then... Like you get games that are like nineteen cents. Like what? Why is that game even on the <laughs> on the sh- on the shop eShop anymore? Um. So what? One thing I wanted to read here was just uh just an expert excerpt here from from this is from Nintendo Life. Nintendo's president wants the Switch game library to quote continue to meet co- uh, consumers' diverse tastes. So President uh, Fuyukawa. Uh, took the time to discuss both the first and third-party software offerings for the Switch and how the system system's library of games should continue to appeal to as many different people as possible. And, um, yeah, he, he just goes on that he wants to, the, you know, the games to have an even richer variety uh, for for people to experience. But But I guess my concern is that eventually some of these really good games like right now i think everybody wants to get their game on the switch right because like Mm -hmm. switch is super popular but eventually it's going to come to a point i would think that if you feel like your game is buried so deep in the eShop, i don't know do you think it's going to hurt a publisher for wanting to be or bring their games onto the switch maybe maybe not but i was just thinking about that what what do you guys think of that um well I don't know. I think that's, I think, yeah, if, if, look, if I was, if I was a game developer, I would want mine on the switch and I would also want mine to be, and I, I would also understand that there is a ton of other games that it's going up against and I got to do something to set it apart. Um, dropping it down to 19 cents is one thing, but <clears throat> I think that there's a couple different mentalities. My mentality would be, I want to make a good, a great game that, people enjoy that people talk about that you know people relate to the characters but there's other people out there that say i want to let's just throw every single game we can out there and make as much money as we possibly can um which you know there's nothing wrong with that but it's you know quantity over quality is you know is kind of the essence of shovelware for that yeah yeah i think i think nintendo is kind of riding this fine line right now and it's very close to tipping into any one direction and steam is like just like blew into the games everywhere direction where there's tons of stuff on there the barrier to entry is very low for developers and there's games like put up there all the time games that don't even work get put up on steam games that don't have an executable file to run the game get put on steam and make money so that's crazy, and that's why developers found something like the Switch more attractive, especially when the Switch first launched. Because if you put anything on the eShop right 
right up close to the launch of the Switch, everyone was like, oh, I want more stuff to play on this. Yes, I'll buy yeah. it. And yeah. so people saw their like sales just skyrocket when they put anything on the Switch. And now I feel as the Switch gets older and as that marketplace starts, you know, getting larger and larger and more populated and more saturated, when you put something new on the Switch, when there's 199 other things that come out that week, it's not going to be as attractive to you as a game developer who wants to put your game up on a storefront where it's going to get recognized. So I feel like we're not quite there yet. It still makes sense to put things on Switch. People are still looking for fun stuff to play on Switch. But you're also kind of putting it up against these like menagerie of free-to-play and 19-cent games. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I I 100% agree with you, Christian. Uh, But then you see things like where Katana Zero sold more than 100,000 copies in its first week. Uh, The second fastest selling Devolver digital game on a Switch. Do you know what the first one was? What is it? I don't know. Any guess? Hmm. Uh, Devolver Digital. Devolver Digital. digital. I got nothing. Enter the Gungeon. Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah, so. But, I mean, Enter the Gungeon was, like, really early, actually, in the Switch, actually. uh, Yeah. Time frame. That was, like, in 2017. So, um... But yeah, I mean, so you see success stories like that, which is good, right? Because I really like Katana Zero. Heck yeah. Uh, a lot. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, in your article that you wrote, Christian, like, you know, when you have games like, I mean, when you have games that are not good, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it, it, it does take away from, from games that are, you know, they just get buried because like eventually those games get buried on the bottom of the of the eShop. And we talked about this even like any media. I mean, even even podcasts. I mean, for, you know, I can talk about anything, but, you know, <laughs> if you were to search for our podcast on like iTunes, uh, good luck. You're not going to find it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Mean, uh, I could give you the link to it, but if you were just to search for, you know, video game podcasts, uh, we're not we're not on the first page or the second page or the third page. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we're we're pretty far down there. But uh but I mean, I think I think I feel like there has to be something where better curation of the eShop or I mean, I know they have categories, which is awesome. But and they have like bestsellers and stuff like that. Yeah. But I I don't know. I mean, I guess what are what are your thoughts? Like, what are some ways that they could make? Because they're not going to change. They're not going to change the outside of like <laughs> saying, no, we're not going to have any of your games come on here anymore we're trying to slow things down but what are some things that nintendo can do then to the eShop to make it a little bit better for for games like game one game that i will mention here that it's a shame that that it didn't get the attention it deserved and that's uh that is space war arena man that game Ooh. is so good yeah. uh and uh it's 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 affordable game it's on the eShop, but it got buried and it's too bad because that game is if you like if you like card games, Mike, like the game you're playing right now, you're really gonna like this game a lot. Oh. Uh strategy and card game. It's really good, but it got lost in the eShop because there's just so much noise going on right now. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some things Nintendo can do to help to help one consumers find something that's gonna be, you know, something worth their time, but secondly, like these gems, but secondly, how can it, how can Nintendo help these publishers uh, get their games more visibility on the eShop. 
I think word of mouth is a big thing. So I think if they had user reviews, like just like a five-star rating. Mm. And the thing is that you can only leave a five-star rating if you've purchased the game. Yeah. Okay. I think if they did that, then you can, then, you know, like somebody's, you know, you, it's not like some developer with, you know, 6,000 Facebook friends says, okay, everybody, I need you to go on the eShop and get my, you know, five stars, my game five stars without mm-hmm. having played it. But if they, if they introduced a thing where you can leave, you know, five or whatever review, but you have to have owned a copy of the game in order to do that. I think that that would make things more legitimate. And I think that I know I would search, you know, like if you can, like I would search by price. So if I'm looking yeah. for a shovelware game, I would search four ninety nine or less and sort by reviews, uh, however many stars. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, so this might be shovelware, but this is good shovelware. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's... those words too normally don't go in the same sentence, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so I hard like because idea. there's no there's no single silver bullet solution that's going to like fix absolutely everything. Because yeah. like even ratings that will help, but like the Google Play Store has ratings, yeah. and but the Google Play Store is just like full of stuff. So yeah. it's it's very difficult because what Nintendo and what like any storefront will say is that we don't want to be the one who doesn't let, you know, the one dedicated individual who wants to put their game out there. We don't want to be the one that says no to them. And so nobody plays their game because of us. We want to make sure that person who spent all of their life making their video game. That's their life's work. We want to make sure that person can have their video game played. But I feel like for every one of those, there's like, 10 companies that are just cranking stuff out and putting it up there as fast as possible. Yeah. And it's, it's really hard. Yeah. Cause there's no, there's no silver bullet solution. I mean, people could sit down and play through the games that get put up there, but I mean, like undertale, for example, like the beginning of that game is just like NES fan made, like it doesn't look very appealing at all. And so I feel like 10 people, if they played the first hour of that game, they could be like, yeah, nah, let's not put this up there. But like there's Undertale is like the favorite game of thousands of people. So it's so hard to find a silver bullet solution. And I mean, ratings definitely wouldn't hurt. I think that's a good idea, Mike. Yeah, I think I think I think Nintendo biggest concern is that somebody is going to say, you know, I mean, if you go to Metacritic, right, and you read the users' reviews, mm-hmm. and man, like some of the user reviews are really good, um, yeah. You know, and some of them are just like, "This game's the worst piece of garbage I've ever played. Don't play it." Yeah. Or this game's the best game ever. Can't believe people hate it. It's like, well, that's not really a review. That's just your opinion. I mean, yeah. reviews are, you know, somewhat of an opinion, right? Like, try to mm-hmm. be as, you know, as objective as possible, but. Like those are not objective at all, yeah. and um, and I think and 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 I think Nintendo's worried about that, and I think also Nintendo's worried that somebody's gonna like put some swear words. On. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Not that they can't control that, right? They probably could choose some control. But you know, one thing that I was thinking about when you, Mike, when you mentioned how you know it'd be cool if there was like user reviews. I really liked Miiverse a lot on the 3DS. Ooh. Miiverse was good. I enjoyed. Yeah. And it got a lot of people like that's how I met Mick Waits from Four Horses was through through Meverse because I I played uh, Digger Dan 
and he, they had a Meverse page, and you know, I asked a bunch of questions on the page, and he responded. It was wow. awesome, <laughs> and uh, and it was great, and it was cool to see community get involved, and people like drew pictures of games and like showed their love for their games, and and it was just a way of interacting, not only with you know the users interacting with the game, but users interacting with the developers, and like I don't know, I feel like Nintendo should be doing something like that, like give. You know, the people that want to do that, give them the ability to connect more on, on the on the device itself with, with their customers. Yeah. I, I would be I, I was sad to see Meverse go. I there was Me a too. there was a um a paint app or that I downloaded on the Wii U. It was only it was I think it was free or at one time or it was only like ninety nine cents or something like that. And people were posting their pictures on on the Meverse, and it was such a positive community. Yeah. Of people, you know, posting the pictures that they drew, and you know, even even like the little kids, like it wasn't all just like you know, amazing drawings. Like little kids were posting, you know, put posting their stick figures, and everybody was like, "Great work! That looks great!" and giving it thumbs up and everything <laughs> like that. It was just such a great community. It, yeah. It's yeah, kind of a bummer to see that go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Any any final thoughts on this topic? Um, I I'm kind of afraid because <laughs> I look at I look at the coming soon part of the eShop and <laughs> yeah. I see nothing that I'm interested in. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I I will have to wait and see. It's I I don't think this is gonna this is not something that's gonna change. Uh, mm-hmm. so I think what we need to do on our end is we need to make sure we're more diligent in uh researching our potential uh indie games. Yeah. What about you, Christian? Any final thoughts? Yeah, I think it's not going to be the end of the world. We're still going to have wonderful video games, uh, independent games included. Uh, I just hope we find a way to make it easier for the indie games that don't have a huge marketing budget or more mainstream appeal to kind of rocket into more public consciousness and be out there and available for people to find because it's getting increasingly hard. Yeah. Agreed. So listeners, let us know what you think. Uh, what are some things, uh, I guess, what are your concerns with the eShop? Uh, how can the eShop, how can Nintendo make it easier for you as consumers to find the games that you're looking for? And then also, how can Nintendo make it easier for developers to promote their games on the eShop? You can send us a tweet at GamerHeadsPC. You can send us an email at info at GamerHeadsPodcast.com. You can send us a message on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash GamerHeadsPodcast. Or you can go to our website, and that's at GamerHeadsPodcast.com as well. Leave us a message there. Not saying Nintendo will listen to anything that we're saying, but hey, uh, we'd like to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. So let us know. All right, so before we head out, uh, let's go around and help people, tell people how they can get a hold of us. Mike, how can people get a hold of you? You can find the Controller Throwers Podcast on Twitter at TC Throwers. You can also find it on iTunes, Google Play, and right here at GamerHeadsPodcast.com. And be sure to check us out at Twitch.tv slash TCThrowers. Nice. And Christian, how can people get a hold of you? I'm on Twitter at Christian Cubza. Otherwise, you can read my reviews at New Game Network, Push Square, and GamerHeadsPodcast.com. Nice. And as I mentioned, you can always reach us on Twitter. It's probably the easiest way at GamerHeadsPC. You can also send us an email at info at GamerHeadsPodcast. Uh, Facebook as well, and like I said, our website is GamerHeadsPodcast.com, so check us out there. All right, Mike, thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you for having me. And Christian, thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure. 
And listeners, again, thank you so much for your time uh, that you give to listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. And if you could leave us a review in the link to the iTunes uh, on our iTunes page, the link will be in the show notes below. So you know, feel free to leave us a review. We'd love to hear what you have to say about the show. And any reviews that we get, we'll certainly read on the show as well. All right, until next time, keep playing games, sift through the junk on the eShop, <laughs> and, and find the gem that you're looking for. All right, take care, everybody. Have a, have a nice week. Peace. Good night.